Okay, welcome to today's uh, Rethink What Matters podcast. And today I'm joined by Jenny Bailey, who is the co-founder and author of Tales from Mother Earth, uh, igniting the conservationist in all of us, especially children, through realistic nature stories told from the point of view of Mother Earth. Welcome, Jenny. Hello, Paul. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. Great, great. So, so um, yeah, so the Rethink What Matters podcast are all about aligning the economy with the ecology, with everybody, so that we can create more profitable businesses, create stronger families and a greener planet. So, um, you know, I think that family decline is probably one of those much overlooked global challenges at the heart of all of our woes. So I was really drawn to your books, Jenny, that connect the planet, conservation, children and family. You know, so we're collecting climate challenges, biodiversity loss with families and children, which is just fantastic and is really sort of dead centre to what these podcasts are all about. And the other, the other um, part of this I really like is I've recently spoken with Gary Grant and Dusty Gedge, who I know you know, and uh, they're all about green roofs and biodiversity and greening the you know, urban landscape, um, you know, improving urban biodiversity. And this is just fantastic because this, you know, our podcast today really sort of closes that circle, if you like. There, it does indeed. Yeah. There's a lot to cover there, isn't there, really? There is. It's huge. You know. Yeah, so really looking forward to this podcast. Well, should we just start with what was your journey to you know, that led you to writing these books? It was kind of what you've been saying, really. Um, I, I The idea kind of sprang forth in 2019 whilst I was talking to a colleague. Um, I don't know if you remember 2019, but it's in, unfortunately it's quite similar to what's happening and occurring now across the world. The wildfires are out of control again. Um, America is looking um, decidedly bad in that respect on the East Coast. Um, Australia is now looking bad again with the, the central wildfires that they've got there. Added to that, David Attenborough, Sir David Attenborough, said to us that the Garden of Eden was no more. And I listened to that and I just thought, whoa, you know, not that it was in decline, not that it was deteriorating, not that it's hanging on, but Paul, the fact that it was no more. Coupled with all of that, two other things yeah. really, there was a big report that came out about the pollinators across the world being in major decline. And also I think overriding all of this, Paul, is the fact that I'm a parent. Um, and being a parent, you look at your children and you think about their generation, you think about what world they're going to be coming into, what world they're going to be looking after. Um, okay. You can call it the blue planet effect if you like. I've spoken to other people in the industry and they say the same. Lots okay. of businesses and ventures started around that time because it was almost like people received a calling. It was like, we need to do something, we need to rise up, we need to do something that can make ourselves feel better. And I think right. by the reaction of me doing something, Yes. I felt better. And I right. thought if I can encapsulate that into our storybooks and give children that element of empowerment yes. you know, through a story that's touched their hearts, then then I've done something really worthwhile. Yes. Um, and so I wrote to David Attenborough to tell him what we'd actually achieved and, and the plan that we had in place yes. um, after Phoebe the Bee was published. And he actually wrote back to me saying thank you because well, that, that that was just blew me away actually. That's amazing. Yeah. He's thanking me, and, and I can't get still can't, can't quite get my head around that at all. But I wanted him to know from my heart, really, yes. what because I'd heard his call. I wanted him yes. to know that I was doing something, yes. and I wasn't just sitting there doing nothing. Yes. I, it was really important to me that he knew that what we were planning and what we were doing 
Um, so yeah. I told him in the letter about some of our other characters, for instance, that weren't even published at that time, but I told him yes. about the idea. Yes. Um, and yes, he, he came back and he was, it was a beautiful letter from him just saying, you know, thank you for all you're doing. And I just think that is so precious. Um, I'll never show anybody the letter in the respect of putting it out there in, in social media or anything like that no. because it means so much to me. Yes. But every now and then I do inform people that, yes, I've received a letter from him and how special okay. that. And it must be a lot to him. You know, he goes on TV and he doesn't want people just to, you know, be watching it, drinking a cup of tea. He wants people to do stuff, like you said. So that must mean a lot to him too. So, um, so for those reasons, yes, we started Tales from Other Earth. Brilliant, fantastic. So let's talk now about this series of books, Tales from the Countryside. Yes, Tales from I'm... the Countryside is the first series of uh, Tales from Other Earth. Um, okay. And in Tales from the Countryside, I wrote... I have written um, seven stories so far, and there's loads more, let's face it, there's loads of animals that need our help right now. And the whole element, I think, of our stories um, is the fact that if you can um, write a story that touches a child's heart and they connect with the, the aspects within the story and they want to help that animal, if, they, if you then provide the information of how you can help that animal, you're going to be mm -hmm. doing something great because that child's going to not only connect with nature, but they're going to connect with the animal in the real world as they've got the steps to actually help it. And I think that's yes. really important. And by the very nature of me getting engaged and writing these books and, and, and forging this whole venture, um, yes. it made me feel better. It, made, it allowed you. me to look my children in the eyes and go, I'm doing all I can. What age, what age range are these books targeted at? Well, they're for a really um, a three-year-old through to a ten-year-old. Okay. Yes, because That's what we've right. done is, because they're audio picture storybooks, we've included right, okay. um, a, just a, a simple story, really, right. in the content of the book. Um, and then at the back of the book, we've got the most important element, I think, in the book, which is the conservation message of what you need to do to look after that animal. I um, see. Then we've got a colouring in picture and a fun facts page that children right. just literally love and they consume all those facts and they can share those with their friends. Um, and then we've got a puzzle, uh, like a crossword puzzle um, at the end okay. of the book. And I kind of think that once a child's gone from like a three-year-old through to a ten-year-old and this book yep. has been with them on that journey of discovery and their yes. understanding has grown and their development has grown along those, yes. those years, then once they've got to the puzzle and they can complete the puzzle, then they, they've got yeah. the essence of the book. They've got everything so it's a, they need. It's a real so it's, so it's a real education tool uh, for for parents and for teachers then to use in helping to get this message across. It really is an education story. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, also on the um, audio element, you've got the full narrated story um, by Mother Earth. Mother Earth's yeah. narrating the whole story to the children. Okay. Um, and you've got the read-along version as well, so the little ones can actually learn to read with our storybooks. So it's not just something to look at and absorb, it's something to engage with. And that's, right. that's what I thought was really important from the start as well. Yeah, so, yeah. so you had to collaborate with others then to sort of get everything fact-checked and, uh, you know, all the, the I's dotted and the T's crossed. Yes, all our books are fact-checked, fact -checked. Yeah. absolutely, because I, I couldn't put any information out there that wasn't correct in, in terms yeah. of the conservation message or anything, no. You've got creative license, I think, when you're writing a story a little bit, but yeah. no, I, I make sure that everything is um, is correct, absolutely. Right. So sure, we had yeah. a, a great beekeeper in, um, in Kent called Mr Bumble, check out Phoebe the Bee, um, <laughs> and we had uh, Spike the Hedgehog was checked out by Hugh Warwick. Um, is Mr uh, Bumble, sorry, is Mr Bumble really called Mr Bumble? Well, he no. is, actually, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but right. no. To your point, it's really important to get the uh, to get every book and all the words checked to make sure what we're saying is correct. To make sure the information we're portraying and we've got in the book is correct as well. Very much yeah. so. Um, but going back to the audio, you've got those two elements. You've got the full narrated story and then the read-along. And then you've right. also got our own music as well. So you've got the animals theme music that will back the story. Um, right. And then we've also added a piece of music called um, Mother Earth's theme. Um, okay. Where I asked our brilliant composer, Chris, to, uh, to write a piece of music that evokes nature. Right. Um, and it's it's the most beautiful piece of music. It really is. It, it, it falls and crescendos and it's, it's almost like a canon, it repeats itself a lot. Um, and it's like a lullaby, really, right. because when we tested it in nurseries, we had children doing the, the, the complete, the utter, flat out, having a relaxation and time in the afternoon after they'd been quite madly dancing like bees at one point. Yeah. Um, yes. And then they were all still and relaxed and, <laughs> and just resting on the floor, and the difference was incredible. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Can you can you tell us anything a little bit more about the characters? Because there's Phoebe the bee, and can you reveal who the other characters are? Or yes, of course. People wait yeah. to read them? There's, there's Phoebe the Do you want me to show you the books as well? Brilliant, yes. Yeah. yeah, that'd be superb, thanks. So we have Phoebe the bee. Right, okay. Phoebe the yeah. bee, she's a welcome bee. She's a right. honey bee, and she really stands there for all the pollinators um, that are having a hard time right now. So more flowers, please, for the pollinators. Yeah. Uh, there's Spike the hedgehog. Spike the hedgehog, hello Spike. Nation's favourite mammal, and we need to help him most definitely okay. because they're on the red list to extinction. So we need to be more hedgehog aware, definitely. Okay. Um, and then there's uh, Stanley the water vole. Hello, Stanley. Stanley the water vole. Stanley the water vole. Um, his story is all about the issue of plastic in our waterways and what we need to do to stop. Um, well, what, what the implications really of putting plastic in our waterways and the hardships that Stanley and his um, friends suffer as a consequence right. of our careless actions. So, okay. yeah, wow. that, that's, that's creating many litter champions out there. I'm um, really seeing the, uh, the, tra the, the trepidation in the stories, you know, uh, you know, with all the dangers that exist for these animals and how it all, how, how it all comes good in the end, hopefully, obviously, within your stories. You know, so I can, I can see how it that does. really works. It does all come good at the end. We, the yeah. small actions from us can make a real difference to the wildlife. Not only yes. will it make us feel good because we're helping the wildlife, so therefore we're connecting with nature, but it yes. really does make a big, big difference to, to nature. Um, right. yeah. If we're planting wild um, bee-friendly flowers, for instance, we're going yes. to be making a difference to the bees in our area. If we're okay. putting up um, a hedgehog highway and, and giving access to hedgehogs so they can roam more freely in, in our green yeah. spaces and gardens and urban areas, then that's right. going to be a benefit to, to the hedgehogs in our area, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, um, it is. Yeah. Again, the small things we can do make a big, big difference. Yeah. Um, and in Stanley's case, if we are picking up, picking up litter and not allowing it to go into our streams and rivers, and yeah. into our waterways, then that's going to be doing great things. Yes. If it's, cum it's yeah. cumulative, obviously, but everyone can make a difference. Um, it is. doing the great things for our waterways. Yeah, and to learn all of this at such a young age as well, it's brilliant, isn't it? So it's right up there with them going to school and learning about, I don't know, English and maths and all, I think all the rest so. of it. I, I think so, because we also teach children, obviously, that you know one person can make a difference, and I believe yeah. that absolutely wholeheartedly. Yes. I think it's really important to let children know that there's a power within them almost, isn't there? Yes. A power yes. within them to make a difference. Yes, and it's connect it's actually connecting the dots for them. I think that's the real one of the real values, isn't it? It's connecting plastic and pollution and animals 
and the dangers and the consequences which they just otherwise wouldn't get. Sometimes parents are too busy to remember to teach these things and maybe it doesn't get included in the curriculum at school. Yeah, no, I think it's such a valuable, a valuable thing for us to be thinking about and having the opportunity to teach our children and, and have as a part of our families, mm, you know, conservation. Yeah. But also, Paul, the very nature of children being connected with nature, that there's right. so many benefits for children in nature that maybe many parents don't realise. Right. Just, just time spent outside, um, yep. looking at flowers or looking at the ground or, or looking at ants or looking at whatever you find that's alive out there because, you know, there is a lot that's alive out there. And once you open your eyes to it, you can't stop but see more. Um, yes. You know, it, it improves a child's connectedness where they right. feel in, in the world. It improves a child's creativity. It improves yes. a child's confidence. It even yes. improves their social skills. You know, right. There are okay. so many benefits out there for children that yes. people maybe don't realise. And when I looked into it, I mean, I kind of knew them, but the list is endless. It goes on, it really does. Yeah. And it's all outside. I think there's a lot, a lot we can do in seeing ourselves as a part of nature, you know, yeah. not separate to it, not above it, you know, but actually we're a part of it. So whether that's the trees, the plants, the insects, the bugs, the animals, you know, whatever it might be, you know, we're a part of it. And if we were to get ourselves a bit more connected with nature, go, this is like going back thousands of years or where it is, you know, we used to be connected with nature, didn't we? And then we got yeah. disconnected from it. And then obviously with the industrial revolution, we started turning everything into things we could buy and sell, commodifying everything. So there's definitely a bit of a reset that needs to happen. That, and that's the other thinking behind the whole venture, that if our books are for a child from the ages of 3 to 10, you, you'd want, along that journey of, of period of time, yeah. adults to be sitting there with their children actually going through those books at the same time and bringing yeah. that family unit together. And then yes. maybe experiencing you know, those elements of, of those action points that you can do together again as, yes. as a family and making a difference for the wildlife outside, as well as making a difference for for your family and, and feeling yes. more connected. Obviously there's a lot of anxiety out there, there's a lot of uh, mental health issues, a lot of people worried about the future, uh, younger generations. You, you mentioned the anxiety on the kids' faces when they're only little and there's, you know, and the little animals are in peril. So what, how, are you seeing that, you know, as you do your events, are people coming up to you and going, well, you know, I am anxious, I am worried, I am you know, fearful of the future and what we're doing to the planet and this is what parents are saying to you, is that sort of a message that's coming through as well? Working with a lot of primary schools, yes, absolutely, there is a lot of yeah. climate anxiety out there in children's minds mm. um, because they've heard that, that sort of, those statements if you like, and they've yeah. taken them on board and mm -hmm. children are so on board with the solutions, they right. really are, they are buzzing. Yeah. To, to help Phoebe and wanting to help Spike and yeah. going out on litter projects, you know, so they're not dropping their litter. They're very, very aware of it. Right, um, right. And so much so also when, when we did a, um, recently we did a, a Phoebe the Bee session, the children saw the groundskeeper literally that afternoon after the session and went, don't you cut the grass, do not <laughs> cut the grass. <laughs> okay. And, and their teacher said, you know, they've really taken on the messages and I was like, well, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's really that's wonderful. Great really trying with our stories to keep to the simple message right. of that in improving children's mental health, yes. um, improving the wildlife in our area and yes. and I see that as very simple things that we can do to make a difference Right. without and getting into, you're never going to find a Tales from Mother Earth book that's talking about um, carbon capture I don't think because no. uh, you know a child from three to ten wouldn't really understand that 
Although yeah. our most recent one is all about green roofs, but I, I see that as a very easy um, discussion to have with a child. Well, the yeah, they're sort of nature-based solutions. Yeah, nature-based solutions to these things, aren't they? You know, That's so, exactly what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah so yeah. there are trees, you know, the, lot of, nature's already doing everything we're trying to do. Yeah, uh, and, and I could maybe write a story one day about the importance of soil and, and putting a worm into the story or something like that. That, that would work, yeah. and children then, to understand that, would they take that on and, mm. and register that. It's, it's think, those messages I think, that I think are fundamental to children to, to grasp and then to, to action. With all of yeah. our books, there needs to be an action from a child or an understanding that will imprint on them and yeah. with them. Like you say, it's an education process in the but most think, positive way we can make it for a child to enable them to um, take on those messages, feel better about their future and yes. ultimately obviously help the wildlife that's in trouble. And it's helping parents to understand these these issues as well. I mean, not a lot of people understand soil erosion, I don't think. No. So, uh, no. you know, and the implications of that and how it all works. No, it is a mad thing. I uh, the other day I was uh, had a I was eating a banana as you do, and I threw uh, in a busy public space. I won't say where, and I threw the banana skin on the floor underneath a bush. Okay. Berate, I, I was literally berated, you know, for doing this thing. I should have put it in the bin, you know. So uh, I thought that was quite funny. But that's how far off everybody to, is, right? They take a while. They do take a while to um, to um, sink down, don't they, into the earth? But I mean, the bananas are. But great. it's still it's still biodegradable, it and it's still it feed, and, and, you know. And we do need to be putting this banana peels and our uh, apple cores and our we orange do. peel back into nature, because that's where it belongs. And, and if you go putting it in the bin, then somebody's going to have to pick it up, put it in a truck, transport it, which takes energy, you know, which is CO2 generating. There's a long way to go, isn't there? Well, just for all of us, I'm, I'm not perfect, I'm not saying, but uh, we've definitely got a journey here to be more conservationist. So are you working with other charities, other organisations? There is a new book out um, where I've been working with the Green Roof Organisation, um, right. which is a fabulous um, not-for-profit member organisation uh, mm -hmm. looking after all the organisations that are putting in green roofs and by solar roofs uh, across the country. Okay. Um, and over the last couple of years, I've been working with them to produce a children's storybook Again, connecting children with nature, but getting children to understand the benefits, really, of these green structures um, right. and, and the green roof. I mean, how, how it gives back to biodiversity, for instance, what you can do on a green roof. And uh, what we actually did was um, created two characters. So we've got Freya, a hairy-footed flower bee. Great, hairy-footed flower bee. Hairy-footed yeah. flower bee, yeah. I had to do some research on hairy-footed flower bees, which was brilliant. That is, um, that, that's, and, a, that's a real bee, is it? Yeah, it's a solitary bee. It really is. Right, a it bee. exists. Yeah. It's not just a name you've given it. Okay. No, no, not no. That's Very not her name. Freya's bees. her name, not but like she's a hairy-footed okay. flower bee. Right. <laughs> yeah, and um, and Sarah is a seven-spot European ladybird, um, okay. and it's their journey to the green roof. And this is our this is our story. Okay, journey to the green roof. Brilliant. There you go. And it's Thanks. again, it's the same treatment as the Tales from the Countryside series. Yeah. Um, but, but this one hasn't got a CD in it, for instance, it's just got the QR code and it's got a few extra bits in it as well because I was working with um, the Green Roof organisation and they had some ideas of what they wanted in their story, um, right. so, um, or what they wanted in the content of their book even. So it's, it's got a few extra bits in it, but it's, um, it's going out to lots of schools. We only right. launched it on World Green Roof Day last week, which was the 6th okay. of June, so it's very, very new. It's gone right. out to about, uh, I think 600 copies have gone out to schools already. And yeah. there was an incredible amount of sponsorship 
So they're all the sponsors' names Brilliant. in the back of the book that um, all came on board. Um, and all the sponsors actually have copies and they were doing their own launch activities as well. Okay. So it's it really, really quite exciting. Okay. Um, and there's the first feedback we're getting back from schools and children that are reading it is, is they just love it. They love the story, they love the music, they love the pictures, um, and it, it's going down a storm. And it's just informing children um, of the benefits of Green Roofs because the Green Roof organisation, when I first met them, what, a couple of two or three years ago now, I mean, their motto is every roof should be green. Right. And you know what? I think I agree with them. I, I really yep. do. And so we became members after a very kind invitation from their chair um, to become members with them. And they they saw the bigger picture of us joining them right from the start. And, and I'm incredibly grateful for them to doing that because it kind of opened my eyes to kind of think about this story in a little bit more detail and, and bring it to fruition, right. um, which was brilliant. Obviously, all the expert knowledge in here is all come from Grow, the Green Roof Organization. They're the experts right. when it comes to green roofs. I think Dusty was probably involved in that as well. Dusty he? was very much involved in it. In, in all honesty, Dusty, bless his heart, right from the start, wanted a hairy footed flower bee. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> he did. He loves he hairy footed flower bees. Because uh, when I was first talking to him about the story, he said, We have to have a hairy footed flower bee in it. And I clocked that and wrote that down. I was like, Right, hairy footed flower Brilliant. bee it is. So Excellent. there she is. That's Freya, our hairy footed flower bee. Hello, Freya, the hairy footed flower bee. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You'll, you'll have to do some study now on hairy footed flower bees. Yeah. So they're, they're incredible. Yes. They're solitary bees and they're incredible. They, they, um, they look for holes in like soft cob walls and things like that to nest. Um, right. And oh, they're, they're just amazing. So there we go. Okay. Soft cob walls. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So um, yeah. So it's just lovely hearing feedback um, from all of our stories. Actually, when people read them, when schools engage with them, um, yeah. to hear how they're getting on, and it just, it, it, it's right. just a joy. It really is. I mean, it's just wonderful to work in this environment whereby, you know, you're. I mean, we set out to try and make a difference, and people have come back to me and saying you are making a difference my really? children yeah. are loving this story and they take it to bed and they listen and they engage and they they've colored in the pictures and they've sent them back and it's just yeah. just so much engagement because yeah it's it's just a joy it really is we can do yeah. so much more together than, than what we can apart and and why should we be doing our own individual things when we can make much more of an impact together it just yes. makes sense to me it really does so if schools want to reach you or businesses want to reach you uh, for events or readings, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Um, probably the best way will be just to send me an email at jenny at talesfromotherearth.co.uk. Um, yeah. If they want more information, we've got loads of information on our website. So that's talesfromotherearth.co.uk. Um, we're also on social media, so Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as me, Jenny Bailey, um, yeah. and also um, we're there as Tales from Mother Earth as well. Okay. The other thing I've done recently um, is also um, upload a lot of our workshop material, our knowledge um, information, our workshop agendas, um, all the audio, everything like that, onto um, our website. And what schools have been doing is reaching out to us and. And for a very small fee, we've been giving them um, a yearly allowance to um, to use our material as they see fit, really. So if I can't actually reach them to, to run workshops and to run reading sessions, because like I said, I'm based in Kent, right. um, this allows us to um, 
uh, reach a, a much wider audience where they can um, engage with all our material. It's all on there for them, the lesson plans and workshop agendas and samples and all that sort of thing. Um, and they can just um, tap in to whatever they need to at whatever stage of the yeah. curriculum the children are actually um, investigating, whether it's mini beasts or, or bugs and grubs or if they're looking at bees and pollinators, for instance. Okay. Um, there's so much information there with all of our um, storybooks. And okay. as I add more storybooks, that that will be um, an access that I'll be able to allow everybody to share as well. Great. Thank you so much, Jenny, for your time on this podcast. It's been really educational, really insightful, and I think inspirational as well for anybody watching this podcast to give them the ideas, you know, and, and to help for them to see the importance of conservation and starting early as well you know with kids and helping it and how it can help to build stronger families really as well you know because it's all about spending time with kids isn't it over something which is really meaningful thank you paul i really appreciate it thank you for um yeah sharing this journey with us